0: Five to and there we can see it. I say it, it happens it's kind of magic that way, don't you think? Good afternoon. Normally, we're on the morning, but you know what? We love flexibility and we love having guests that we can be flexible with, so we really try to help them out. But, anyways, today is Wednesday, you know what that means? It is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. This is Carol Sue, aka Naughty Boss Lady Cannon, live from a Kind of a windy Vero
1: Beach, Florida, with two sisters. Hey, and good afternoon, everyone. My name is Janice, although I should be the frozen little queen today because I'm freezing, I'm shaking here, and I'm all bundled up. That's okay. And my AKA is Wellness Diva 3.0. And what better way to celebrate Wealth Wellness Wednesday with our amazing guest. She's a little firecracker, Amy Circa. Now, Amy is the money confidence coach, perfect for wealth wellness Wednesday. She is amazing. She helps families to master their money and create confidence in their ability to solve the money problem. And here's what I loved about her bio. So a few words that were said in it. Live Your Life While Improving Your Finances. And without further ado, welcome Amy to the Two Sisters podcast.
2: Thank you. I am so glad to be here. Thank you so
0: much for, for joining us, especially on this particular day, because when we talk about wealth and wellness, we know what we frequently talk about is the outside world. You can't always control that. But when you have a healthy relationship with money and really understanding that when you put it out in the universe, you help other people, it comes back to you if you have that right type of mindset. And a lot of people are afraid to talk about money. They're they're afraid to have that healthy, wealthy relationship because it's a wealthy relationship being wealth and inspiring to get wealth, but you got to have a good relationship with it. So this is a perfect opportunity and we could not be more excited to hear what you got to say about this.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I definitely agree. I always, I talk about Wealth Wednesday myself. So I love the Wealth Wellness Wednesday as well. Adding that wellness in there. Awesome.
0: Yeah, we like that because you really have to, when you're talking about your finances or you're talking about paying it forward, we often, especially as entrepreneurs, the usual question that comes up is you're doing this or you're doing that because you're creating an income. Well, most people, whether they're an entrepreneur or working that nine to five, of course, they're looking to make an income. But the other piece to it is having that healthy talk about money, finances, because when you have a better healthy mindset about it, it allows you to help charities or things that you want to give to when you have that kind of right relationship. Don't you agree?
2: Definitely. And I think mindset is the piece that people so often miss. Like, It's not that physical aspect that we can see. And it's also something that we created our own programming like when we were really little. So it's almost like that, that's just the way it's always been mentality instead of realizing that this is something we can choose and this is something that we can change and realizing what a total difference it'll make just in our lives and even our happiness when we choose to work on this.
0: So when a customer contacts you, a client, what are some of the typical things like, hey, I'm broke, help me out. Uh, I can't manage my budget. I'm li- living probably too much on the high side and not saving enough. What do you say about that? Tell us a little bit about what you actually do.
2: Well, I love to start off with what I call my budget makeover guide. And the way that like I've designed this is it helps you find the money you already have. Because for most people, budget is a bad word. 65% of Americans don't have a budget. And that boils down to um, they feel like it's going to limit them or they're afraid of what they're going to find. So, if you don't have a budget, I can guarantee you have money that you don't realize that you have because budgeting, it, we dive into that when we start talking, because that's another mindset belief. And how we approach budgeting is it's not meant to limit you, your budget is meant to. Put your money where you want it to go because you should be spending it. And I encourage you to spend it. I am not about the couponing and pinching pennies and all of that. I don't feel like that is a way to truly live life because we want to do things that we enjoy. So we create the intention of what we're doing with our money. And that is what the budget is a tool that does. So especially if you don't have a budget, you're going to find this extra. And the average person finds about $250 that they don't even realize they had. Um, just from using these tips that I put together that we use when we were first starting out and finding what you already have. And that is like a confidence boost in and of itself because there's more there than you thought. Right. Um, And I love that aspect of it. And then of course, like the next step, if they're ready to work with me one-on-one, we normally dive into mindset and like really having a conversation, walking through, like, how do you feel about money? How what things are triggering you. So like trying to keep a journal of your emotions and things that are going on, because there are things that are related to your money mindset that totally appear like they're not connected at all, but they really are. And you'll discover like every time that something happens, like all of a sudden you're fighting with your spouse or something the next day, or you're lashing out at the kids. And when you start to journal and you can see the occurrences, like, okay, this is what's going on. Then you're able, we're able to start to realize our patterns and acknowledge those sooner because it's not going to be changed overnight. But when we can start to stop it, the sooner and sooner in the process, we really regain that control again. And it's just an empowering feeling not to be um, limited by your money and feeling frustrated by it all the time.
0: What would you say? I mean, those are all such great things to really consider because I think a lot of people don't. What would be the one thing that you could tell our viewers and listeners that is the most common money that you find for them after, like you said, you say, Well, you know, on the average, we find usually around $2,250.
2: Where is it hiding? And I want to
0: know now.
2: Um, the biggest thing is going to be our little expenses are going to QT. I know Amazon was one of mine for a while or stopping at Starbucks or picking up fast food. And we just don't keep track of those little transactions and how quickly they add up or subscriptions that we've forgotten about that we haven't canceled.
0: That is so true. I, that's probably one of the one things I hate about automatic billing I'm one that if I'm gonna do an auto ship, it has to be able to be user friendly for me. In other words, like literally, I love the company that I'm with that I can really edit it literally the day before up until midnight. Hey, you know, you know, the unexpected expense came up. Let me pause that and you know reschedule it. But a lot of different companies that you actually sign up for auto ship are not that easy. So do you think? obviously auto ships are good if you've got a reoccurring charge but what would you say because i'm sure there's probably a lot of people i know i've done it i've had an auto ship for i can't remember what it was maybe an old gym totally forgot about obviously look at my account but for whatever reason it didn't really register and there it is that that, that's that auto ship that's that 20 bucks that i didn't want to spend
2: Yeah, I think there's like a proactive and a reactive side of that. So the proactive side is going to be documenting those because I know I've done it before. We sign up for something and like just do it in the moment and then you totally forget about it until it shows up on the bank account again. But keeping track of those, um, I love Excel for that portion of my budgeting. Yes, I am a numbers person. You probably could have guessed, but Excel is definitely like my wheelhouse. But even if you just keep a list somewhere like, okay, this is what I signed up for and this is what is going to auto ship. And then setting one day a week, like to look over like, okay, what's going to bill next week that I need to take care of. And ideally it would be like over 10 days because we all get crazy busy. And if something comes up and you don't check it, you've got like a couple days buffer in there. And the other thing is um, a lot of people will teach like zero-based budgeting and keeping like nothing in your account. I don't, advocate for that. I feel like you're setting yourself up for more stress because we are all human. We all miss stuff. I did it again, like last week, two weeks ago. So I keep part of what I call my contingency fund. A lot of people call it an emergency fund, but I'm not big on like advocating for an emergency. So we prepare for a contingency instead of preparing for an emergency, but I keep about $250 from that fund in my checking account. And that's like my baseline. So I know that $250 is really zero, but like, if I go below that, then I've got that buffer in there to help cover me, um, to make sure when I, if I miss something that it's not the end of the world. And then if something bills and you didn't want it to bill, like reach out to them. a lot of people will be more flexible than you think. Like, Hey, I forgot to cancel this. Is this something we can get taken care of? And just being a nice human, you'd be surprised how many people will refund you.
0: That is true. Don't you think, Jan? I mean, I, I, I've had that happen a couple times. And, you know, exactly that. I just pick up the phone and say, hey, student not here. You know, I had it on my calendar and totally over overlooked it. And like you said, if you have that good relationship and are pretty calm on the phone, not argumentative, not being demanding, they're usually, most most people, I mean, you're going to get those few companies that won't, but for the most part, people are, are generally pretty nice. Don't you think, Jan?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and here's the thing with the journaling aspect of it. Um, I absolutely love that more big advocates of that. But I also um, keep a a calendar, which I haven't filled out. I have another one, but I, I, you know, you can print like out a simple little calendar online, that's free. And you can write this, you know, right when you're Um, I write when my bills are due and when I need to go in, usually like the day before or a week before, whatever it is. But I think it's a great way because it's like in your face, you can see it. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't suggest doing it online, although I love uh, I'm also a numbers person. And, you know, I love working with worksheets and and, you know, Google Sheets and that sort of thing. But always to keep a backup. And with having a backup, I I love how you said you prepare for a contingency fund and not an emergency type of thing. And I'm wondering for those struggling families out there that are, you know, (laughs) excuse me, trying to make the ends meet, but they're not really sure that, you know, and they want to also you know, as the busy parent, you know, set a good example for their children. What is a really good age to kind of start indoctrinating your children into the fold of that? In other words, okay, maybe they get, I don't even know what allowances. I'll have to ask Jed because Jed fills me in on everything. My little grandnephew. And by the way, I you know the tooth fairy is getting quite expensive. I remember when I got a quarter, and I think one time he he got uh, ten bucks or something. I'm like, what the heck? Are I know it's it,
0: it is kind of crazy, but that's a great question. I mean, you know, really introducing a healthy relationship with money and budgeting at a very young age, I would think that would be paramount in when you're chatting with that client or customer, going over their their budget or what they're going to do and then you find out hey they've got young kids this is something that you could do as a family
2: definitely and that is something that i want to it's in my like i don't know down the down the line list like to actually create a course on for kids on financing it's one of the reasons we decided to homeschool Mm -hmm. because i do homeschool my children is like those life skills but really honestly it's it's about leading by example and like truly just having the conversations with them. Um, we don't do allowances actually for our children. Um, but like just leading them on the path. So when they ask for something, like having an intelligent conversation because they get more than we realize. Um, minor nine, he just turned nine, nine, four, and two. So obviously the two-year-old doesn't get as much, but just like it's repetition is key and having the conversation about like, okay, this is how we approach money and no, we're not buying this right now. And this is why it's not because we even like eliminating the whole, like we can't afford it language from like how you're speaking to the children, speaking to your children, speaking to your spouse, speaking to yourself, like, the way that we say things to ourselves is so important. So we talk about like when they want another piece of toy, because I'm big on experiences and memories. And we'll talk about like, okay, this isn't a priority for us with our family values. We're using our money instead. And we're going to go buy this so that we can do more of these things together that we enjoy. Doesn't that make sense? And like having that open conversation with them and starting like really when they're young. And again, it's gonna be repetition. They they don't always get it right away, but teaching them, um, we do percentage-based budgeting. So my son does have his own jars. Um, The jar system from T Harv Ecker is like the foundation of what the the strategy that I teach. So they have short-term spending, they have short-term savings, they have long-term savings, they have giving. Even at the age of eight, and nine, I think he was seven when we started this. So it's really just a process bringing them in and being willing. I think it goes back to talking and communicating about our finances on being willing just to have that conversation with them and say, okay, this is why we're doing this. And this is why we're not doing this instead of just saying no, or we can't afford it, showing them the reasoning behind it.
0: I, I like that because that does, even even as an adult when you're having that conversation with your better half or your, it's not a question that, okay, we can't afford it. And that may be true, but like you said, flip the language around, articulate a little bit different because you then you're not really feeling that you're depriving yourself while you're working towards that goal or that object or that vacation or whatever it may be. What would you say to listeners and viewers that really want to jump on the wagon of a good sound budget but find themselves really kind of deep in in debt or deep in like how could we have a budget when we we're just always playing catch up so how would you address that
2: first of all i get it we were definitely there we've had multiple medical crises. i still have my food stamps my wit card all those things to help really make sure that I stay grounded and where we were at like so seriously I get it but um when you set things up and that's one of the things that I love about the percentage-based budgeting system we can go a little bit into that if we like um I just know it's a little in depth but we set this up that you are constantly working on our giving you're constantly saving and you're constantly taking care of your necessities And when you set it up with the system like that, you're just plugging and playing in the numbers and it takes the stress off of you on what to pay, because we all have necessities. And if you're in the middle of a financial crisis or a financial struggle, it might look a little bit different, but you're gonna have a certain amount that's allocated towards your bills. And we joke about like, you're paying the most red, you're paying the most important bill. So like, for example, after my husband was hospitalized, he was out of work for three months. Like the credit card bill wasn't the most important bill at the time. And you know what, there's companies that'll work with you. Cause we had several at the time. Um, and like one of them was great. And was like, okay, I can pay you like 25 bucks right now. I can't pay the full amount, but I can pay this. And again, we're going back to just communicating. And then we had others that wouldn't work with us at all. And I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry. Like, this is what's more important to me. I've done what I can and we catch up when we can. So when you're constantly in giving is such an important thing. I know we talked about that a little bit already, but you create that vacuum, you create that positive energy. Yes, you're helping others, but it also helps yourself um, to feel better. And it also creates that positive money relation so that you know, when you make more income, you're gonna be able to have more to give. And it doesn't have to be a whole lot starting out. We did still give a percentage of our income during that time. But even if it's just sticking 5 $10 in a diaper box at the store, it's called reverse shoplifting because we're leaving stuff there, right. um, but you're still creating that positive um, money association or paying for somebody behind you in the drive through line or in the toll booth, something like that. Just giving forward in those small ways and set small goals. If you're struggling right now, like, okay, this is our first goal and reward yourself for that. Make sure you're celebrating the wins that you do have. Because your mental space, your mental energy is something that we have to protect. And if you're getting stressed and you're getting frustrated, take a step back, find ways to help you um, recover. Um, I know dance is really big for us, getting outside, that vitamin D. I love taking a car ride with windows down and the music up. That was something I discovered when my middle son was in the NICU, like that was like my recharge time. like we're combining the vitamin D and the music and I've got a lead foot. So it's kind of a no brainer, but finding ways (laughs) to re-energize yourself like that is so important when you're stressed about your-
0: All, all good things. What would you also say to like, what's the one red flag that people just miss when it comes to- getting that budget, doing that savings and or the self-rewarding as well, because that is a big piece to having that healthy relationship with money. What is the one common miss that you find most people make?
2: Um, well, I think the biggest thing that I that I find that is like the red flag for me is the, well, I'm doing pretty good because it's that false sense of security. If we are not intentional with what we're doing, like I, well, I'm doing good, I don't need a budget. Or I'm doing good, we don't need to be working on saving more, or I don't need to be intentional about this. It When we're not atten- intentional about things, it's not growing. And if we're not growing things, then it's decaying because we can't really stay the same. So I think that's the biggest thing is being intentional with this is a habit that you're going to have to create for the rest of your life. And it can be done quickly because I'm a, bit a big advocate on setting up the systems because Nobody wants to be doing this all day long, even though this is what I love. I don't want to be doing it all day long either because I'm doing this to have more time with my family.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Gosh, so many great things, Jim. What do you think?
1: Oh my God. It's, it's amazing. And, and I would like to just touch, I, I want to say, uh, circle back, but I hate that. I hate <laughs> Uh, But I wanted to chat about the kids again, because uh, I was reading an article, I don't recall where I saw it about, you know, obviously, the importance of saving money, especially during these times for all these families that have been hit so hard. And one of the things that this article said was, they have a special credit card, it's like a debit card for the kids. And the parents put obviously a certain amount of money on that, but they, they're constantly, the parents will, will get the, the alert whenever something is spent. I think that's, when I first read that, I was like, that's kind of a neat idea. It's, you know, modern day age. I definitely can see that happening. But then on the flip side, I was like, gosh, I don't know if I would have done that with my son when he was that age. Just having a credit card and my my cell phone probably would have been going. The alerts would have been, you know, like a Christmas tree. Have you seen that or heard that? And what are you what are you specifically? What are your thoughts about that? And
0: before you get to that, one thing that we have to acknowledge with talking about that is how many toys today that children have include like a cash register and plastic credit cards they're not obviously real but it's part of the toy and they're already to chain and they know what it is they see mom and dad do it all the time as most people pay by debit or credit card so you really do have to like i think that's a great question what do you do with a child and kind of letting them have that
2: so um, speaking of that first Monopoly game we bought, like my husband and I just assumed like it would be every, like every other Monopoly game, right? Now we bought it and it truly, you have a debit card and everything is done, like it goes faster, but it's all done on the debit card. And I'm like, okay, but we were doing this for like the money transaction thing. So let's go buy the real game now that actually had the paper money. Um, and I have not heard of that particular one I know that it's probably pretty simple to do, like no matter what accounts you have, because I think you can set up like uh, reminders like that. And it probably depends on the kid because there's a certain amount of like teaching them and then guiding them that we would have to do. But I also feel like there's part of it that we just kind of have to let them go mess it up type thing. So remove overdraft protection is probably going to be my first thing. Like, so they're not going in the red like that. But if you work to set up like the correct money habits, I would probably do cash for my kids. And if they want to buy something that's online, then like they're having to pay me the cash so they can see that transaction as we work to remember that. Maybe having like that credit card access for like emergency use only. So if they're to the age that they're driving and somehow they're like stranded somewhere, they do still have that resource. But being able to like help them keep accountable um I would make sure that they're budgeting maybe like a checkbook register if they're using Mm -hmm. the debit cards and they're still having to write it out and they can still see I'm sure we can still find the checkbook register somewhere oh yeah (laughs) i still send them with the checkbooks but finding some way even if we're going to use that to help them visually see like what they're actually spending money on um and I would probably use like the highlighters to categorize so they can see like okay this was like what I call play money. So like you're going out to eat and this was a bill and this was groceries and like what they're spending money on. But there also comes a point where like they've kind of got to go screw it up themselves because they're not going to listen to us, right?
0: (laughs) And I think most people do that. I think it's so, you know, just because of the way schools are set up, economics and whatnot, and they're taking so much away from, really what was taught i mean when, i hate to say it in my day when we were learning mathematics we had an abacus i don't even think anyone even knows most people are not even sure what that is anymore but it really get, it, again went back to that visual where you can see adding subtracting but when it came down to really understanding i, I you know back in the day it was just almost like a taboo subject you just didn't talk about having that healthy relationship with money we just, you just didn't learn it. And I think that because we're in such a more digital world, that it's paramount to not forget them to understand the value of paper money and coin, and then introducing that credit card as well.
2: And finding those ways to make it visual still, even when we are using the debit card, because we've talked about like the magic card, and like, why do we go to the bank to deposit money? And like, all of those things like, okay, this is the way it works. And I think it does go back to having that open conversation and finding those ways to make it visual because so many of us will be able to understand it uh, and our children as well when we can visually put our hands on it because it's going to cover your visual learners, it's going to cover your kinetic learners and we'll catch more of the population that way.
0: That is so awesome. Now, what? And you, you said that you use your system and you actually have a name for it.
2: Mm -hmm. So what I call the money management system is the overall system, because our budget, like we've talked about, is just a part of that. And we have to be working on our mindset as well. And there's some things in there also. But the budgeting system in and of itself is called percentage based budgeting. So we're taking our total income and dividing them into seven different categories.
1: And the
2: percentages of what go, what income, how much income goes to what category is dependent on your actual expenses. And it varies a little bit for everybody.
0: That's a cool way. So do you, do you do that with like an envelope system or on Excel or.
2: Um, I have mine in Excel. I don't really push the envelope system. We use bank accounts for the most part so like um our main account is where like my fixed necessities is what we call it mostly like your rent electricity those type of bills comes out of that one um but then i also do my main giving out of that account but i have a secondary like giving savings account so if i hear of something that i want to give to a cause it's above and beyond like my standard there's still money set aside and then it's earning a little bit of interest too but separating that money out is important. It can't all just sit in the one pot because we're gonna spend it. So um, having separate bank accounts and savings accounts should be at a separate bank. That one extra step of having to move it between banks will keep you from spending it.
0: Oh, I like that. So having your, well, that was a key tip, having your savings account at a different bank than your checking account. And you should now have see, of- now, if you look at most banks they encourage you obviously they want your business but the sales pitch because it's marketing the very very well you want overdraft protection because some some people cannot get that line of credit so obviously they use their savings for for overdraft protection and or as you say just easier easier to like know Stand at that the store, uh, let me like go move money or <laughs> right With your, especially with your debit card, that does happen. So that's a, I think that's a great nugget.
2: Two accounts, and you need to have a minimum of two savings accounts as well, one for your contingency fund and one for everything else. So holidays, those two at the same bank. You can't have those two at the same bank. I full disclosure, I have many more than two, but at a minimum, you need to have two, and all my savings accounts are at the same bank. Uh, personally, I love Discover. They I actually earn interest off of my account. It's kind of crazy, but um, it's whatever bank that you'd like to use. This separate from the main account, but you can have all your savings accounts at the main at the same bank.
0: So the Discover is not. It's a credit card, but they also offer so, savings accounts. So it's not like your normal brick and mortar type bank. I'm assuming correct.
2: Yep. It's online. Everything's online with them, but they don't have any of the minimum balances or anything like that. So you don't have to worry about like if it drops too low, they have checking accounts as well. And I do utilize them for that as also, but it's always kind of funny to me. I'm like, Oh, wow. I actually earned like three bucks on my savings last month. And it's because that doesn't happen.
0: (laughs) Right. Not, not, not in this day and age. And that's, you know what? Three bucks adds up after a while keep, keep, uh, keep doing that. That's awesome.
2: Yep.
1: Well, the the other thing I think too with with obviously modern day banking, you know, back when we were little, which was a long time ago, you know, you had those little savings accounts and it was like a production to go to the bank. Right. And then you deposit, you know, I remember depositing two dollars and I was so excited and I'm like, you know, yeah. and, And, you know, showing my mom or dad, you know, who brought me. Um, But the other thing, too, is sometimes I think in this digital age, banking is too easy. In other words, just right from your smart device, you can deposit a check. You know, one thing that I
0: try to do for the most part when I'm going like grocery shopping or what I call essential shopping, whether you know I've got to buy supplies or clothes that you know we specifically need or whatever, I try not to. And this is really old fashioned in some regards. I still bring my checkbook because I have my my a mental thing in my mind. Like when you stick in that chip, you're like, ah, eh, you go over, no big deal. Now, technically, you do that with your your writing a check, too, but to me, it's a more visual thing that I'm physically writing the check out, and I know people in my line are not always thrilled that I'm using a check because, you know, they're thinking, just stick the card in, but for me, it's a mental thing that works for me to kind of keep me in check because I'm actually physically writing out the amount. It resonates more than just sticking in the chip.
2: Definitely. We have to find those little things that work for us. I was working with a client before and it was interesting because she was actually in like the mindset industry and like work to help others with her minds, with their mindset. But we had a conversation and like she was having, she was not sticking to her budget and she was self-sabotaging it because she didn't want to be the person standing in line at the grocery store, having to put her grapes back because it wasn't like enough. And I was like, well, that's an easy fix. What we do is we get you budgeting like a week in advance. So you're spending the money um, and you can buy what you need to at the store. I mean, we've got strategies there to make sure you're not overspending, like eat before you go to the store and sticking to your grocery list, those type of things. But if you go over, that's fine. Just pre-plan next week that it's lower and you're making the adjustment later, because if you're not sticking to a budget, just because you don't want to put the grapes back, then we're causing more harm in the long run right so it's just finding those little tools that like make it work for you and how you feel about your money and the perception of it and you do what you need to do it's a little different for everybody
0: exactly that's so awesome how would uh you know one of our viewers or listeners how would they get a hold of you
2: um i love hanging out on instagram i'm at amy circa i am on facebook as well um Every Wednesday, I do um, my Money Mastery with Amy live on the profile. So you can always come check that out. Um, But Instagram is my favorite spot to hang out or you can reach me on my website, which is amyserker.com as well. That's awesome.
1: We will make sure that we put that information. I know that in your bio, it had like your connection link. So we'll put that below uh, this live video after it's uploaded and um, so many great tips today. And in closing, what do you think, obviously with this past year, it's been kind of a shit show for everyone. (laughs) What is the one piece of advice that you find yourself giving to everybody surrounded by money and saving?
2: Don't give up hope just because we've had a rough year, a rough past, whatever that looks like. Um, you can be surprised how fast things can turn around for you when we start to create these habits. So just don't give up hope and keep at it. I
0: love that. I love that because for a lot of people, we know that when we talk about having that healthy relationship with money, it can stress you out, you know, and especially during the last 12 months where so many people have either lost their jobs, had to pivot or working at home, and or just the economy over the last you know few months. So many people are losing their jobs again, but good news that some states are finally starting to open. So I hope that we're not only through the pivot of getting back to, and a lot of people say they, they don't wanna get back to uh, this is our new normal. We wanna get back to the normal that we are comfortable with, and I so agree with that. Because when you do and you have that healthy relationship, you're going to find that the stress level is going to come down a notch. And I love, you know, just even articulating and using different verbiage to explain things. Doesn't make you want to kind of beat yourself up. Oh, I screwed up or I made a mistake or, you know, overdrafted. or I spent too much. Let me come up with a different verbiage. And like you say, kind of deduct it from next month. I love that idea.
2: And it is what it is, the past is behind us. There's nothing that we can do now. My coach always asked me, because you know we're all still human, I'll have these moments too, where my mindset beliefs will come up or my old habits and the trauma from the past and you get in that freeze mode. And he's like, okay, what's the one thing you need to do next? So when you have those moments, just think about it. What's the one thing that I need to do next to move myself forward? Yep. Yeah,
0: and the other key I love about the groceries, if you overspend on your groceries that week, Take a mental note of what it is and make sure you deduct it from next week's grocery bill. That's a great tip, I love that as well. Gosh, so much great information, so many golden nuggets. The one thing that two sisters will add is, taking back your wealth wellness Wednesday. If you even, it's not about the monetary amount, if you're giving somebody a dollar, if you've got coin, whatever it may be, Go to even your gas station. You know how cool it would be to pull up and you're going to get gas and you're just about to put that credit card in or that debit card in and there's a $5 bill or a dollar there. You're like, hey, that brightens someone's day up, makes them feel good, but it also gives you that mindset to give to others and an unsuspecting person, not your normal charity, an unexpecting person because that person... It's going to look around and they're going to wonder what happened. I frequently love to do it in the grocery store as well, in the cat box, in the diaper box, whatever it may be. But Wealth Wellness Wednesday is all about paying it forward, have that great healthy relationship with money, and it's never too late to learn some of the great things that Amy has taught us. Plus, of course, we're going to forward with that. With with that, on this Wealth Wellness Wednesday, this is Carol, a.k.a. Nani Boss, Lady
1: Canna, excited that Amy was here with you. Sisters. Hey everyone, it's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 3.0. Who knows when we might get to 4.0? I got to work on the budget first, though. Anyways, thank you so much, Amy. It was our pleasure to have you on. Everyone will be on tomorrow. I forget what time. No, 9 a.m. will be on tomorrow. So stay tuned. And remember, Wealth Wellness Wednesday is not about the monetary amount. It's about the giving from your heart to somebody who maybe could use a little boost today. On that note, we're signing off. Thank you so much and enjoy your afternoon. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye bye.